I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, puretalk.com slash clay to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to the Tuesday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Really appreciate you joining us. A lot to get to today. The fighting in Ukraine intensifies. There are more Russian strikes on Kiev, the capital city. Looks like Putin is going to be going forward here in the days ahead, trying to seize the capital. Also reporting on whether Ukraine will be willing to give a guarantee of not joining NATO. That was just breaking before, uh, while the Russian attacks are intensifying on Ukrainian cities. You've got inflation and gas prices now turning into just a political football increasingly in this country. The Democrats, the left, doing everything that they can to make it seem like it it's Trump's fault or Biden's doing everything he can to fix it or there's nothing he can do to fix it or they can't figure out what the proper talking points are. So they're trying everything to see what they can come up with. Uh, and also on some covid matters, specifically after the Kyrie Irving uh, sitting in the uh, sitting in the stands moment uh, with the New York Nets playing the New York Knicks. People are recognizing suddenly in the Democrat media that there are some policies that linger from covid that are really dumb and in fact have always been really stupid. But that's the part of it that we have to push on. They act like it just became dumb recently when that's clearly not the case. Uh, We've also got some fantastic guests joining our friend Jesse Kelly, radio host, uh, former Marine. He'll be with us in the third hour of the program. We've got uh, Gordon Chang to talk about how China is reacting to the U.S. I'm sorry, to the uh, Ukrainian fight against Russia. And also a psychologist, Mark McDonald, on how America fell victim to mass delusional psychosis, something I've been talking about for a long time in the era of COVID. But, Clay, let's start with just how uh, serious the situation is right now, how high the stakes are. Joe Biden's been president for a year. It seems like everything is going against him. 
if the Democrats had compelling arguments in favor of any of any move Biden has made, I, I would think we would be compelled to tell the audience this is what they are saying, folks, just so you know. What they're saying right now is essentially blather, contradictory, or absurd. And in the background of all this, you even have the U.N. Secretary General, uh, Antonio Guterres, warning that the prospect of nuclear conflict is back in a serious way on the world stage. Further escalation of the war, whether by accident or design, threatens all of humanity. Raising the alert of Russian nuclear forces is a bone-chilling development. The prospect of nuclear conflict, once unthinkable, is now back within the realm of possibility. The security and safety of nuclear facilities must also be preserved. It's time to stop the horror unleashed on the people of Ukraine and get on the path of diplomacy and peace. The path of diplomacy and peace, Clay. What should the U.S. role, you think, at this stage be? We have... Voices still for either a no-fly zone, a limited no-fly zone, a humanitarian airlift that would bring U.S. planes into Ukrainian airspace, perhaps. What should we do? we got to figure out what a negotiated settlement is going to look like. And I think the United States should be leading the charge for a negotiated settlement. The, the concern that we've talked about on this show quite a lot is... When things are not going well for Vladimir Putin, and they aren't, then you get concerned that this is a guy who is going to act irrationally in order to try to make up for the fact that he has not been able to demonstrate his military superiority like he was told he would be able to. And then on the international stage, he's embarrassed. We're talking about a five foot seven former KGB agent who is approaching 70 years old and sees probably as his legacy restoring Russia to a dominant position on the world stage. And with this invasion of Ukraine, instead of that occurring, he's been embarrassed. He has been labeled as uh, the uh, the evil uh, dictator who is attempting to uh, to overrule democracy. His economy is in shambles. His global standing is uh, is been torn asunder. And so, to me, you have to find a way where he can claim victory for his own people, even though it is not in the best interest of the world. And to me, we talked about this, Buck, and I think your uh, analysis of where we're likely to end up, give him a part of the eastern region of Ukraine, which has longstanding connections to Russia, allow him to claim victory, simultaneously allow Zelensky to claim victory on behalf of all the brave Ukrainians who have stood up and fought, allow him certainly to remain the leader of Ukraine and try in some way, and I don't know how you do this because this is the biggest challenge associated with this buck, try in some way to ensure that this situation is settled once and for all. And the problem is you can't trust anything that Vladimir Putin says, right? So what's to stop him from deciding to invade again to try to take more of the Ukrainian territory in the years ahead? I don't know how you fix this. This feels a bit feels a bit like what happened with Saddam Hussein in uh, the first Gulf War, where we, and that's different because we're going to end up, I think, with Russia taking more territory. But the, the, the problem is you're still going to have Putin in power. And so I don't know 
whatever solution, and I'm putting that in quotation marks, we reach here, feels like not a very reliable one in the long run. Because in the same way that Hussein remained in control of Iraq and was still a thorn in the side of the United States and everybody in the Middle East, same thing's going to happen with Vladimir Putin, right? But I think that's probably the best case scenario you could get is to give him a little bit of Eastern Ukraine, allow this thing to end, and then the question becomes, we talked about this yesterday, Buck, how do you reintegrate Russia into the larger global world order, given how quickly they've been ostracized? We don't have any precedent for a situation such as this. I think you're right that this is going to end up a, unfortunately, I think it, it could turn into turn out to be a long-term phased consumption if you will a a a seizing of of ukraine piecemeal which already has occurred with crimea and 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 officially with crimea and then the donbass region stretching back now for years i think the Dnieper river becomes the dividing line and then the question is does kiev you would i would think unless uh one of the western cities all of a sudden became the new de facto capital Kiev would probably stay in the hands of the Ukrainian state. But the, the faster we can get to a negotiated settlement, uh, the better. Because here's the other part of this. Right now, Russia is on full-scale offensive, right? Russia is going after the Ukrainians. The Ukrainians are trying to defend their cities and towns. And, yes, they are resisting heroically. It seems that they have uh, outpaced all the analysis of how hard they'd be willing to fight up to this point. That's all true. But Russia has already established full control over some parts of Ukraine, and to get them to relinquish that would mean that Ukraine would have to go on offense against Russian positions where they are dug in, which is very, very unlikely. So this is why you're going to... I don't think the Ukrainian government could do it, quite honestly. I don't think that's possible. If it was possible, they would have kicked out the Russian-backed separatists in Donbass who have been fighting for the last seven or so years. So, So fighting Russia to a stalemate is, I think, the closest thing you get to Ukrainian victory, where the Russians decide, all right, we've we've gone enough, we've done enough, what are we going to do here? What's the negotiation look like? Uh, the idea of Ukraine expelling the Russian invader entirely from Ukrainian soil, I just don't think that's realistic. I'm not there, I'm not on the ground, but we're obviously reading about this all day long and trying to uh, follow this as closely as possible, which then brings us to the U.S. component of this, if everyone listening, what, what are what are we going to do? What should we do? I think that people are recognizing um, that a no-fly zone, finally understanding a no-fly zone is a military action. That a no-fly zone is not, hey, we're going to do this thing and it doesn't cause escalation. Um, it's very likely that it would cause immediate escalation from the Russian side of things. And that's why you're hearing, for example, Lindsey Graham now moving the line a little bit here to a no-fly zone if uh, if chemical weapons are in fact used. I do not want any American boots on the ground in the Ukraine. I don't want a no-fly zone. But if there's the use of chemical weapons by Putin against the Ukrainian people, I would support a no-fly zone because that would be uh, breaking every... Uh, war crime rule in the book and the ban on chemical weapons would be nothing if we didn't act with a no-fly zone but right now no boots on the ground no fly zone okay no boots on the ground no one is saying we should have boots on the ground and i think also everyone's recognized that the russians can hit people anywhere anytime inside of ukraine so it's an incredibly dangerous war zone uh to be in and beyond that i think this is lindsey graham 
moving away slowly from, and there'll be others too who say, okay, only a no-fly zone if instead of a no-fly zone should happen now because of the recognition that, one, we want to get to a settlement here. I don't think a no-fly zone gets us to a settlement faster. I think it gets to escalation faster. And and two, in the background of all of this is they tell us that Putin is crazy. Putin has this aggressive invasion that he has called for of Ukraine. They're killing civilians. They're leveling hospitals. That it's, it's a mess. What makes people think that Putin wouldn't go further? I mean, I think I think these are the calculations that have to be made right now. And America is obviously involved in so far as we're debating every day what we're going to do. I think also what is acceptable, what is acceptable for Ukraine, what is acceptable for Russia, because that's how this negotiation ultimately plays out. I was reading last night that there seems to be fairly significant conversations that are taking place right now. Certainly, this has gone in a way that did not uh, was not anticipated by Vladimir Putin, but we're going to end up in an era, whether people like it or not, where Putin at the end of this claims victory inside of Russia with a media that he mostly controls. And the rest of the world, I believe, says Ukraine won. That's that's the likely outcome in terms of what this looks like. But the question is, how quickly can we get to that settlement? How many lives can be saved? And how stable is whatever negotiated settlement that we actually reach given that we can't really trust Vladimir Putin, to me, to accede to whatever those uh, that negotiated settlement is for any time in the future. Because if we're unwilling to actually hold him accountable, which I think we are, right? We don't want to start a war with Russia. How do we stop him from invading and deciding after a year or two that he's no longer happy with the situation that is at hand in Ukraine? And also, by the way, like the, this whole... This whole process, um, how, again, I come back to the big question is, what happens to Russia going forward? How do we go back to, you know, it sounds like a small thing, but how do we go back to reintegrating Russia into the global marketplace, and to what extent is that possible? There's also a global realignment that is underway right now of Russia and China. We'll talk more about the China angle to all of this and What's their relationship like going forward with Russia? What have they done so far? You know, we have our State Department making uh, comments about how, well, if China were to do anything to help Russia, we would, oh, really? We're going to take on punishing China, too, right now? So what's happening there? And also, Clay, Saudi Arabia, considering Wall Street Journal reporting on this just a few minutes ago, considering accepting the yuan instead of dollars for oil purchases. People have been talking about the end of America as the global reserve currency for a long time as the big signpost of the end of American empire. This is this is when you start to see a major shift in the global order that we have here. If we don't we're not the reserve currency, we are not the America economically that we thought we were. And we also need to talk about what's going on with oil prices and how there is an overwhelming connection now. Once more, you mentioned China and the one what's going on with covid in China where COVID zero is falling, it appears, apart rapidly for them as a part of the Omicron surge and how that's impacting the overall global economy two years after the debut uh, in the American shores or the arrival, I should say, on American shores of COVID and, uh, you know, our 15 days to slow the spread era. So you probably don't realize this. you got to change your towels after about a year or two. They get musty. They get... 
They get torn off. They don't have the same softness. So now's a great time to upgrade your towels with Mike Lindell. You know, the inventor of MyPillow. These amazing towel sets you can get right now, a six-piece set. They've got USA cotton. It is extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel you look for. The set comes with two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths, typically retailing for $109.99 for a limited time. You can get this set for the low price of $39.99 with promo code Clay and Buck. Log on to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, and use promo code Clay and Buck. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get yourself some new towels. Honestly, it's such a great treat. And you use them all the time. These are better than the towels you've got. You should hook yourself up right now. With our promo code, you'll also get a copy of Mike Liddell's book free with your purchase. Remember to use code Clay and Buck when you go to MyPillow.com. That's MyPillow.com or call 800-792-3269. 800-792-3269. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and a top-tier data security system. Qualifying plans start at just $35 a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America. 
for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash buck and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash buck to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Welcome back into the Clay and Buck Show. We have some very uh, sad news to bring to you from uh, the Fox News, uh, Fox News folks right now. Uh, cameraman Pierre Shashevsky was killed outside Kiev, uh, Ukraine. Um, there's a story right now up on FoxNews.com uh, about him. He was uh, beloved by all of his colleagues, family. Thoughts and prayers go out to him. There's also a Fox News correspondent who we know has been hospitalized, uh, who is injured uh, right now. And we have not gotten Clay. Have you, you you work at Fox? Is there any update on the condition of Benjamin Hall, who was with Shashevsky, uh, who unfortunately we know Shashevsky has has died as a result of wounds? Do we know anything about Benjamin Hall, who's a lot of folks listening know him from not only his incredible Ukraine coverage recently, but also the years he spent as a, a foreign correspondent doing amazing work over at Fox? No, not official, Buck. I mean, the emails come out from Suzanne Scott, who runs Fox News, uh, and Fox News is not a big place. You know this, Buck. I mean, it it, it really does, and it's a cliche, but it does feel in many ways uh, like a family at Fox News because people draw very close together uh, when you're sort of in the midst of the, the universe and media that we're in right now where there's kind of a constant drumbeat of attack on Fox News. And so it is very much of a family, and uh, it's a it's a crushing blow uh, to Fox News to be losing, uh, to lose this cameraman and also be uh, be dealing with, with this incident. Um, it's a significant injury is what I've been told, uh, and he's been hospitalized, and uh, certainly for, for all their families, uh, we, uh, we want them uh, to know that we're thinking about them, and I know many of you are as well. As you mentioned, Buck, you've been watching and, and consuming their content, their reporting for a long time. Uh, and, and I think this is also representative of, I, I think a lot of people out there understand this, when Rush died, uh, when we talked about the one-year anniversary recently, there were a lot of people out there who chose to use that as a way to attack he and his family. And frankly, it was disgusting. And this happened uh, as well when the news came out about the death. A woman named Susan Glasser, who is your prototypical blue check left-wing journo, as you would call them, Buck, New York, Times, what, New York Times writer, not an obscure journal. Yeah, not obscure at all. Uh, she tweeted, what a tragedy. A cameraman died covering the war for a TV network that airs a pro-Putin propagandist as its top-rated primetime host. For that to be your immediate reaction this morning when you hear that somebody has died on the job, trying to cover the situation in Ukraine, frankly, Susan Glasser should be ashamed of herself, and her employer should be uh, ashamed of itself. And by the way, I would say the same thing if a New York Times journalist had died in Ukraine. 
And the first thing that somebody from conservative media did was attack that. I mean, it's just, you know, social media in general can be dehumanizing, but when someone dies and your first thought is to attack them or their employer or I, I just... Man, I just, I don't get it, Buck. I think a lot of people on the left are emotionally and psychologically broken and, and really, uh, wounded in a way where they, they can't, they can't put aside their politics in the service of just basic humanity and decency at any given moment. I mean, they really are just completely, you see this all, and it's, you know, it's celebrated. I mean, you see this, uh, honestly evil that people will spew online. In a moment where you're just your basic humanity should be all that matters, and that should be the only sentiment, only thought you have, and you have leftists who say, "Well, how can I score political points? Turn this uh, immediate tragedy into an opportunity to lash out at someone who has nothing to do with this situation." Who it, it, it's just it's beyond the pill. By the way, I, I believe that she'll nothing. There'll be no action taken against her because leftists who attack people on the right, no matter how grotesque it is, even if they're slapped down for a moment, it's, it's, there's never any real consequence. And you guys all know it because you saw the way that many people gleefully reacted when Rush died a year ago. I mean, the number of blue checkmark losers who were gleeful when Rush died. I know it shouldn't surprise me because I've seen it happen so often. But I remember scrolling through and looking on the trending line, and I mean, you, people can agree or disagree with with you and I, Buck, on a variety of different subjects every day. But I think they also recognize. Look, you and I would sit down and have uh, a meal or a beer or whatever. If you could have a beer, you could have a gluten free beer with uh, with anybody who might disagree with us. I mean, I'm not claiming that people who disagree. Uh, with me on a regular basis are Satan incarnate. And there is a lot of people out there who believe that you and me are Satan incarnate or, uh, and would be willing to say it. I mean, I've said this before when I got COVID twice, uh, my, my first thought was I'm probably going to be fine. Statistically. My second thought was I can't die, uh, uh, from COVID or with COVID because I can't allow the people who hate me to be able to spend a full day bragging about the fact that that I died, right? I mean, it's just, it's probably going to happen at some point. I hope I make them wait for a while. But this is the world we live in. We would like to think that we live in a country where something like a war that is obviously harming a lot of innocent people and a lot of civilians are dying and terrible things are happening over there, that there would be a, a greater seriousness in the political discourse but look what we just had to talk about in the last hour. They're, they're calling calling Tucker Carlson a traitor, or in the case of Susan Glasser, using a a real tragedy as an opportunity to try to take a take a a cheap shot at some. And again, I, they're they're not what they're saying isn't even vaguely true either. But what we realize, whether it's the Russia collusion stuff about Trump or it's about any number of things in COVID. They don't care. The truth doesn't matter to the left anymore. It's just about power. It's about what will work. What, what serves their purposes in the moment, and why, Clay, we have to keep on fighting here. I mean, if, if nothing else, I feel like we show up every day and try to tell people what we believe to be true. And we're willing to tell you if we get something wrong, which is actually pretty rare in the world of media. going to tr- keep trying to be voices for sanity in an insane world, but certainly thoughts and prayers for both those men's families uh, as they are dealing with an incredible difficulty uh, in their lives right now. 
Final hour of the program coming up. We're about to be joined by Jesse Kelly. He also hosts a radio show in the evening on many of these stations. Many of you can hear him. And we'll also talk with Mark McDonald about the psychological collapse of many people in the wake of COVID. I think that's going to be a really instructive conversation. Final hour up next. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Clay and Buck Show rolling on here. Thanks for being with us. We're joined now, as we said we would be, by psychologist Mark McDonald. He is the author of United States of Fear, how America fell victim to a mass delusional psychosis. Uh, Dr. McDonald, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Just a question of a quick clarification. I am a medical doctor, so I'm a psychiatrist, not a psychologist. Oh, well, there we go. I'm glad we called you doctor because that one would definitely be true. <laughs> yeah. So, no, Dr. McDonald, tell us, uh, sir, what is a mass delusional psychosis and how did this happen? So a mass delusional psychosis, which I began speaking about way back in summer of 2020, and then ultimately wrote a book about it uh, called United States of Fear this past October, is essentially an entire society, meaning the United States, although this extends obviously beyond the U.S., all deciding to go crazy at the same time, meaning that they stop thinking rationally. And we know this from just looking out of our windows and our homes and our cars and seeing people walking, driving, biking by themselves, wearing one, two, three masks, face shields, gloves, shutting down schools for children who really have no business being at home because their job is to be at school and they're completely safe at school, Um, shutting down businesses, um, people not wanting to go into elevators when other people for over a year and a half This is not rational thinking, and it's not one person, it's not 20, it's an entire country of people all doing it at the same time, and that's why I called it mass delusional psychosis. Uh, Dr. McDonald, is this more of an issue in your experience for children or adults? Who has a harder time grappling with these rules and what the impact might be going ahead? Well, the children would have been fine if we had just left them alone. Yeah. But children take their cues from adults, and they also take their cues from other kids. And when adults tell children, it is too scary and too dangerous for you to go to your friend's house for a sleepover, or too dangerous for you to walk to school by yourself without wearing a bunch of masks on your face, and it's too dangerous for you to visit grandma because she might die if you breathe on her, that wrecks a children's psychology. That makes a child believe that his simple presence, the regular activities of his day-to-day life, going to school, visiting with friends, seeing grandma, are now no longer safe or appropriate. And then what happens two years later? We tell them, guess what? Everything's fine now. You don't have to do any of that. The child is completely confused. He's now been conditioned to think that he's a danger to society. He's not going to be able to let that go. Witness today. First day back at school in Los Angeles County, all the children were told you don't have to wear masks indoors. The front page article, L.A. Times, says no more masks in schools, but 85 percent of all children continue to wear them. Why is that? Outrageous. We're talking to psychiatrist Mark McDonald. He's the author of United States of Fear, How America Fell Victim to a Mass Delusional Psychosis. Dr. McDonald is and excuse us here because, you know, obviously we don't uh, have medical backgrounds. Uh, I'm wondering, though, if if this is this in the. 
uh, psychiatric literature. I mean, this notion of a mass delusional psychosis for a time, the term that was being used among some of the media was mass formation psychosis. Is this well studied? I mean, where could people learn more about this? Is this talked about in psychiatric circles? I'm just wondering what what the clinical diagnosis of this would be. Well, you're referring to a kind of jumbling together of two phrases, which is mass delusional psychosis and also mass formation, the latter of which was coined by a psychologist in Belgium a year or two ago Hmm. uh, named Desmet, Matthias Desmet. And then Robert Malone popularized the combination of those two by calling it mass formation psychosis. But the word formation really just means psychosis, according to this Belgian psychologist. So mass formation psychosis is just mass psychosis psychosis. It's just repeating the same word twice. But it means the same thing that I mean when I say mass delusional psychosis. And the expression, the idea, has been around for quite a long time. This isn't the first time that this has happened. Look at the Salem witch trials. That was a mass delusional psychosis. In Europe, many women were executed in almost every village in multiple countries throughout Europe because they were called witches. And this was insanity on a social level, on a citywide level. It happened in Northern Europe during the 1600s with the tulip craze. Everybody thought tulips were suddenly worth millions of dollars, and they invested in them only to see themselves bankrupted six months later when the market crashed. People get whipped up into frenzies all of the time throughout history in different countries. What's different about this is that it happened around the entire world. It wasn't just one town, one city, one state, one country. It was worldwide, rich, poor, first world, second world, third world. This is what makes it unique. This is what makes it different from past crises and mass mass delusional hysterias. Dr. McDonald, I'm fascinated by that, the historical cogency you just gave us, because sometimes the emotions of the current day can distract and not make people see things rationally. You just mentioned the tulip craze. That market crashed, making people aware, oh, tulips really didn't have the value that we (laughs) ascribe to them, right? Uh, You could say the same thing happened with the subprime mortgage crisis in this country on some level. Uh, The great moment in the Michael Lewis book and also the movie where the strippers have multiple homes in Florida. uh, And that's when he, at least in the movie, has a light bulb moment and says, oh, my goodness, we're totally in the grips of a delusion as it pertains to housing values. There is a crash in those examples where people can say, oh, we got this wrong. There's a tangible acknowledgement of the wrongness. Well, Maybe you can yeah. see where I'm going here. Is there any hope of a tangible acknowledgement of the wrongness as it pertains to our response in with COVID? And if you don't get that, how do you pull people out of the grips of this mass delusion? The answer, in a word, is no. And the reason for that is those who have manufactured who have ginned up, generated, motivated, propagated this mass delusional psychosis, meaning the corrupt politicians, unelected bureaucrats, media, and corporate execs have no motivation or interest to acknowledge what they've done. None. And witness what we've moved on from one crisis, which was COVID, to the next crisis, which is Ukraine. Why? Nothing changed except the politics. It is a crisis distraction strategy, and it is intentional so that Americans and those around the world do not have to look and feel and act on the suffering that they witness in their day-to-day lives. Economic collapse, open borders, uh, drug addiction, fentanyl overdoses, anxiety, depression, suicide, failing schools, crime. All of that gets put on the back burner during a state of crisis. So, no, they will not acknowledge it. 
The only way for us to move forward and get out of this is for individuals, the parents, uh, the friends, the families, people who have taken hold of and been taken hold of fear, become essentially addicted to fear, start to acknowledge that they themselves are hurting each other and themselves by holding on to the fear. And that's why I'm writing a second book right now called Freedom from Fear, a 12-step guide to an individual and national recovery modeled after AA and Jordan B. Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. We cannot look to the top to correct themselves. We have to look to each other and build up from the bottom to get over this fear addiction and hopefully, hopefully block the next crisis from taking over our lives. Psychiatrist Mark McDonald, he has a book out, United States of Fear, How America Fell Victim to a Mass Delusional Psychosis, and another one on the way. And uh, Doc, please come back and talk to us when that one's ready for, uh, ready for the folks to hear about it. I'd love to. Hope to get it out by Easter, perhaps May. All right. Thanks so much. I mean, that's Clay, fantastic. I, I mean, I've I've been wondering where where are the MDs who will talk about mass delusion psychosis? As you said, mass formation psychosis. Same thing, because it's real. Because that's what we've gone through. Because that's why people that are driving around with masks on alone in their cars don't realize how crazy they are. Well, not only that, I would bet that we are more susceptible than ever before because of the rise of social media. No question. Which is requiring people uh, on pain of social ostracization to all end up with the same opinion at the same time. And that's kind of the joke that we played yesterday with the uh, the comedy uh, bit about how, you know, I was super committed to uh, making sure that I was wearing a mask and now I've pivoted, as he said, to Ukraine. We're jumping from one basic mob of uh, uh, of appeal to another and it's really I, I don't know how you break the the trend which is why I thought he was so fascinating the market based when the when the market collapses you have to acknowledge hey maybe I got something wrong right in the 1600s if you were in Denmark and you had a ton of tulips that you thought were going to be worth thousands of dollars and they end up worth nothing you have to acknowledge hey there's something wrong here but that's a market-based response. And maybe the market-based response is we have a deluge in the midterms and that forces some sort of acknowledgement. I don't know, but it's an interesting question, right? Yeah, how do I'm, we get I'm, some of this? I, the, whole, the whole game right now, and notice how he even said that there is this, the, the need for people to throw themselves, they become so attached to their identity as anti-COVID folks, whatever yes. that means to them, to now being the ultimate Ukrainian freedom fighters from afar, um, there is clearly a movement underway for the same forces that pushed for the most insane COVID lockdowns and mitigation strategies and all this stuff to to just move away from it all so that we don't have that moment of reckoning or recognition. And that's why you and I continue to pound this drum loudly, even though I know people might be saying, well, aren't we done with this? No, I assure you, I assure you, Fauci is not finished with you yet. There have to be consequences. There has to be a reckoning. And the answer as to when that is, is the midterms in November. Living your life without pain sounds like an easy thing to do, but talk to someone that wakes up every day with chronic pain and they'll tell you differently. It's a series of trials and tribulations to find relief from that kind of everyday pain. That's why we have a solution and the data to back it up. It's Relief Factor. This is a 100% drug-free product which addresses joint pain the kind you feel in your knees, hips, the back of your neck, or your shoulders. Created by doctors and perfected over 15 years of scientific research, Relief Factor made for you. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor. 70% of them go on to order more. 
which is why if you're currently in pain and have a 7 in 10 chance to eliminate it, aren't those pretty good odds? What do you have to lose? Greg in Hawaii tried it, and he said his knee had started swelling last year, and when he started taking Relief Factor, he figured it was worth a try. Within three days, he was feeling a difference, just three days, and his knee pain was much better. Join the more than half a million people and order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to get the 1995 three-week quick start developed specifically for you. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and a top-tier data security system. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash clay to switch to the cell phone company my family relies on, Pure Talk. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. 
The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome back into the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Third hour already here. Thanks for rolling with us. Thanks for joining. If you're just tuning in now, we have our friend Jesse Kelly with us. He is nationally syndicated by Premier Radio Networks. I'm sure you are familiar with his show. His Twitter account is also a source of amusement for many across the country. Mr. Jesse, good to have you on, sir. Oh, well, it's an honor to be on the biggest show in the country, and I know you're honored to have me as well. As always, sir. As always. <laughs> so, Jesse, I, I want to start with, with this, the Biden White House for a second. Uh, Joe Biden's supposed to be heading to Europe, they're saying. You know, Kamala's already been over there. Joe Biden is supposed to be heading to Europe, I believe, uh, next week is what's being talked about right now. As if that is something that is supposed to make us feel better about the situation. I mean, I, I see everything from Biden these days through this lens of, I, I am angry but not surprised that they put this individual in a position where when things really get tough and rough, we see it was reckless. It was insane to make this guy the president of the United States. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, Buck. As soon as I heard that, I heard that this morning, I, I got legitimately worried. I mean, beyond the normal, you know, you and I get to laugh on the radio, being Clay, and you will we'll yuck it up over it about what an idiot he is. It is legitimately a concern to have this president personally reveal how feeble and not doing well he is to other parts of the world. I, it, it's not a stretch to say all the bad guys are on the move right now because they look at the half-functional human being in the White House. I do not want him presenting himself in person to other people. He is not doing well. His mouth hangs open. It looks like he's half asleep. He does that stiff-armed walk, and everybody who's looked into it knows exactly what that means. Well, what what are these guys going to think when they meet that guy in person? They're going to think we are pathetic and not going to do anything. Jesse, this is much less serious, but I saw this, and I thought, I bet you have a take on it. Buck and I were talking about it uh, off-air. Did you see where Elon Musk challenged Vladimir Putin to a uh, basically a trial by combat Game of Thrones style, which I love? But one, like Putin is 69 years old, but he's only 5'7". What percentage of Americans do you think Putin could defeat in a trial by combat, basically, you know, with his background? And who would be the best American to pick right now if we had one, a legitimate Game of Thrones trial by combat style? Like, who would you go with? Obviously, we'd have to try to stay in the same age range, I would say, Clay. There's no question about it. The thing about Putin is everyone talks about him, you know, with his KGB background, and they'll bring up the judo thing. Yes. You don't know how good the guy is at judo. If you didn't give the guy a black belt, all of a sudden you're going to be found hanging from your belt in the shower. (laughs) So, of course, he's going to be given it. You don't know that he knows anything. I don't know that I buy into this Vladimir Do you think you could beat Putin in a trial by combat? You yourself, you're a big guy, you were a Marine, or do you think he would beat you? I would pummel that tiny little tyrant into a bloody pulp and enjoy every single second. But again, I'm 40. That's more of an age thing than anything else. If we're going to, oh, let's see. You know what? You know, you know, I bet this would be a good match. I'd like to see Putin versus Ted Cruz. 
Ted Cruz is a little chubby. He's a friend of mine, but so I can say that he's a little chubby. He's a little younger, but probably not what you'd consider some kind of martial arts master. Putin versus Cruz would be like a celebrity boxing match I'd show up for. If we're talking about fight to the death, then we better pick one of the Democrats because, look, they're, they're more happy murdering people than people on the right. <laughs> Speaking of Jesse Kelly, syndicated radio host and apparently uh, – analyst of combatives and mixed martial arts on the side as well um jesse how do you how do you think uh we're handling i mean sorry i, I was going to pivot back to a, a serious thing here for a second because uh, i've been worried all along that what's going to happen is in the early days of the conflict in ukraine there would be everyone well not everybody but a lot of people would say oh you're right this is not our fight we've been through too many wars already and then the videos would come out, and then the the pounding of the cities would occur with artillery and rockets. And now it sounds you got you got Zelensky going around to uh, to Canada uh, to their parliament, and tomorrow speaking to the U.S. Congress, straight up saying we want a no fly zone, we want you guys in on this. Are, are you confident that that's not going to happen? Because I'm I'm starting to think that it's just a matter of time before enough people say, "Oh, we have to do this," without thinking about what doing this would really mean. No, I'm not confident it's not going to happen because the tail wags the dog now constantly. We've become a society. Well, the world is, not just America. We've, we've become a society that is, honestly, it's run by social media. And people can say, well, most people aren't on Twitter. And that's true. Yeah, but the people who make the decisions are on Twitter. And they live on Facebook and Instagram. And they do run foreign policy based on sad videos they see online. And that's part of the reason we are so mixed up now is emotion governs everything. It doesn't matter if you're solidly in the no, no-fly zone camp right now. One video comes out tonight. It could happen 15 minutes from now. It could happen while we're sitting here talking. One video comes out of some bombed-out kid's hospital or orphanage, and they haul some dead kid out in Ukraine, and you'd have 70% to 80% of U.S. soccer moms in this country beating down their congressman's door to go invade Ukraine. That's, just, that's how we run now, and it's a very very dangerous place to be. And back to what we talked about in the beginning, the, the, the stopgap for that is the doddering old fool currently masquerading as president of the United States. So he's not going to be able to withstand that kind of pressure if it comes down on him. He doesn't have the strength for it. It, it is amazing you mentioned that, Jesse, because, and Buck and I were talking about this off the air too, the number of people that are willing to withstand 24 hours of bad news in order to make the right decision is almost non-existent. Everybody is so afraid of that social media mob coming after them. And I think you can draw a direct analogy. Look, the George Floyd incident mm -hmm. uh, and its aftermath, we decided uh, to have a legitimate debate in this country. We really did over defund the police. Black Lives Matter basically became a sainted organization that was had every uh, major company in America genuflecting at their altar. And the natural result of that, and now people don't even want to acknowledge it, was thousands of people died who would otherwise be alive of violent crime because we took away police officers and, and their ability to implement the actual law and protect people. How do we get back to not allowing emotion on social media to dictate every response, or we so far gone, it's impossible to hope that that could ever reverse itself. I actually, I'm known as a pessimist or maybe a bit of a cynic. I do have a hopeful take on that, Clay, because everything you just said is correct. However, on a macro level, I think we have to acknowledge that social media is still fairly new. 
And so what we're having a hard time doing as a society, whole countries are having a hard time doing this, we're having a hard time adjusting to something I call the nuclear news cycle, where the bad part about where we live now because of social media is it burns really, really, really hot. For 24 hours, and, I, and I've, been, I've been underneath so many of these, more than I can possibly count. For 24 hours, it's not just your enemies coming for you. Your mom read about it on Facebook. Oh, no, your sister saw something <laughs> yeah, on Twitter. Yes, Did you hear yes. what they're saying? Every, it's your friends who are coming at you. For a 24-hour period, you feel like the entire world is coming down on you. But there's a good side to that. It only lasts 24 hours because there's always a new story, always a new scandal. People just breeze right along from gigantic stories like they're nothing. If you can just withstand 24 hours, keep your head down, shut your freaking mouth, you'll end up being fine. And I think, I think societies haven't adjusted that way yet. CEOs haven't, politicians haven't, regular people have not. We've not adjusted to the nuclear news cycle, but it is so new. I think we need time to adjust. Jesse, you probably have seen there's a lot of whether it's members of Congress, Democrats, obviously, although I think one or two Republicans actually as well, although they're the Republicans who spend all their time bashing Republicans, um, referring to people that are trying to look at all aspects of either U.S. intervention or what led up to the invasion of Ukraine and throwing the word treason around. I mean, notably, you have sitting senators saying Tucker Carlson's guilty of treason. You had the idiots on The View saying that he should be investigated by the Department of Justice, which I think we have to take somewhat seriously insofar as the Biden regime will tell social media companies to shut people down for their wrong think. So, I mean, what are we to make of the fact that people who are now opposing military intervention in a country in which we are not at war and do not have a critical national security interest are being called traitors by the apparatus? Well, we're, we're to make of it that they're telling us how they really feel. <laughs> this, this is not I, – I, I, sometimes it, I get frustrated with people on the right because they still want to live in this pie-in-the-sky world where we just – you know, we could have a disagreement between the right and the left, and let's sit down and have a discussion. No, 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 no. That's 20 years ago. The people on the left in this country are happy to have you dead right now. They're happy to have you arrested. An uncomfortably high percentage of your fellow Americans would happily have you thrown in jail or shot for what you believe. I know people don't want to talk about that. They don't want to acknowledge that. That makes people uncomfortable. Why do you think the mask slips so often? How often do you see a major media figure, let alone just, you know, the normal Joe on Facebook, how often do you see a major media figure or political figure either celebrate the death of, of someone on the right or wish for the death or wish for their arrest? It's all the time. It's all the time because that's how they think. They're not liberals now. They are full-blown communists, and communists believe in murdering as many people as they have to to accomplish their goals. It is a sick evil religion of destruction, and that is hard for people to accept because you don't want to look at your neighbor across the street that way. But if your neighbor across the street has a Biden sign in the yard and go green this and all that other stuff, I got news for you. Your neighbor across the street would turn you into the DOJ to have you thrown in a dark hole without a moment of hesitation. That's reality. We're talking to Jesse Kelly. After that dark analogy, I've got a positive story here to close with, Jesse. Uh Your boy Buck, my co-host here, has just filled out his first NCAA tournament bracket ever. Now, you and we were having dinner down in Houston when I told you this, and you were in as much disbelief as I was. Uh, and by the way, a couple of people who also work on the show had never filled out a bracket. This blew my mind. Does this blow your mind as much as it does mine? 
I don't honestly. We tried to pick Buck's brain about it that night when we were sitting down for dinner. I still didn't get a good explanation how that's possible. I mean, that is something that Buck has been CIA. He's been around the block. He's been around the world. No one ever handed you a bracket, Buck, and said they didn't have a CIA bracket challenge. Like there was never one in the office. Like nobody was doing this. Was it? Was it not allowed? Just involved which countries were going to have governments that (laughs) fell. You know, there was no. There was no sports. He's picked Villanova, by the way, Jesse. Have you done a bracket? Do your kids do a bracket? I've got my kids filling. We have a uh, family bracket challenge. Do you guys do this? We have a family bracket challenge, and on the line is somebody gets to pick all the entertainment options for that night, which whoever in the family wins gets to pick the entertainment options. And I have a son who who loves the worst board games in the world. We're all just praying he doesn't win. Otherwise, we're toast. What is the worst board game in the world? He, th- there's a Jaws board game. I can't explain <laughs> it on the radio. It's the most atrocious complicated thing so you could say jaws or you could say a classic like monopoly or risk we play those all the time as a family but they always end in a family fight every they also never end oh it, they never end and when they finally end everyone hates each other so those, those are probably the top ones outstanding stuff jesse kelly his show six to nine p.m on many of these same premiere stations appreciate you my man be good thanks boy. jesse all right, uh, well, let me tell you, one of the happiest places in our nation is the Legacy Box Campus in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Not open to the public, unfortunately, but it is home to a team of over 200 technicians trained to digitally transfer your family memories from videotapes and family film reels onto computer files. Every day, the Legacy Box team gets a new delivery of incoming videotapes, pictures, Super 8 film reels, slides, you name it, every possible media form contains happy family memories from long ago. The smiles and sounds on each of those videos and film reels are endless. Everything is received at Legacy Box, hand-transferred to carefully transfer each memory onto a digital file that lasts forever. That's why Legacy Box is so busy. Videotapes from 20 to 30 years ago, they start to disintegrate. And in order to preserve those memories, by the way, a lot of you probably didn't even know that, videotapes disintegrate after 20 or 30 years, which is why you need to make sure you digitally transfer those. And Legacy Box has the tech and gear to do just that, while you and I and everybody else out there mostly does not. Right now, Legacy Box has a $9 tape sell. Just $9 to transfer each video cassette. That's more than two-thirds off their regular prices for digital transfers. Go online to LegacyBox.com slash Clay to take advantage of this sale and preserve your family's memories forever. That's LegacyBox.com slash Clay to get the great offer. LegacyBox.com slash Clay. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch-ch-ch-chumba. Chumba. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.